You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey, everyone. If you like this podcast, you should check out the full finance journey at realvision.com slash nextbigtrade to get the full view of what Real Vision is all about. A video on demand platform you can watch anywhere. You'll join the most thoughtful community in finance. More than 300,000 people who trust Real Vision to be the anchor to truth in the financial world. To get started, visit realvision.com slash nextbigtrade and use promo code NBT20 to get 20% off our plus membership for your first year. Here's what's coming up on this edition of Next Big Trade. Enjoy the show. We haven't had a good central banker in the U.S. for 20 or 30 years. I happen to know that they have been totally wrong about everything, all of them. These are the same people who've gotten us into problems before. These are the same people who said a year ago, don't worry, there is no inflation, or if it is, it'll go away. Why should we listen to them? Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Next Big Trade. I'm your host, Harry Malandri from MI2 Partners. On this program, I'll talk to some of the world's foremost traders about current trends in markets and what they believe is a smart bet. We'll hear about their career journeys and, of course, find out what they're targeting as their next big trade. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Next Big Trade and thanks for joining us. This week, I have the privilege of speaking to Jim Rogers, who I think is objectively one of the great investors. Uh, Mr. Rogers, I've got to admit, I'm a big fanboy of yours. Uh, I've followed your arguments for some time. So this is a particular privilege for me uh, to be discussing investing with you. How are you today? Well, Harry, as far as I know, I'm fine. But I, I hasten to tell you that, Harry, I make many mistakes. So I'm delighted you have a high opinion of me. But I do make many mistakes. I just wanted to highlight something I came across in one of your books. So I said I was a fanboy. Um, and in the dedication to one particular book you wrote for your daughter, uh, you said you hoped your daughters had the best of both worlds, their mother's looks and their mother's brains. You smooth devil. I got, what excellent judgment you have. <laughs> I bet that kept the domestic situation harmonious for a while. Well, I learned it all from you, I'm sure. The next big trade. The next big trade taught me everything Uh, I know. That's got to be the most beautiful, obvious sense of soccer that I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, and how are your daughters now fluent in Mandarin? I bet they are. They're both uh, native speakers of Mandarin. Uh, Those Chinese national TV invites them up and does specials about them during Chinese New Year because they keep saying they speak better Mandarin than than they do on the Chinese TV. I speak no Mandarin, so I have nothing to do with it. But that part of my my experiment has worked. You know, I think Shay Shay is the limit of all of my Mandarin. So what can I say? Well, I will tell you, the first Chinese word I learned was Bing Piju, which means cold beer. <laughs> and that's about the limit of my Chinese to this day. But it is it is one of the essentials. So I Yes, yes. That's why I said it's the first the first thing I learned. So I usually start off by asking, you know, what what people are thinking about. This is before we talk about the investment thesis 
uh, or any you know the next big trade. I, I, I look at what's what's got your attention in the in the news or in the press or in current affairs. W- what are you staring at? What what's caught your attention right now? Well, I mean, Harry, the, we all know that there's a war going on, and that you cannot ignore that. I mean, that's probably the prime situation, because if that war turns into nuclear war, it's going to affect all of us. And if there's peace, it's going to affect all of us. So that is a very, very important thing, which I certainly watch. But there are other things. I mean, we have these people in the central banks who have no clue what they're doing, uh, not just in the U.S. and other places as well. So I have to watch the central banks. I have to watch the war. I have to watch uh, inflation. I have to watch what's happening all over the world. And on the inflation story, I mean, I was going to reserve this for later in the conversation, but you just raised it. Um, what What are your thoughts? Is this inflation embedded? I mean, is this going to, is it a way of, is this going to disappear in a couple of years like 90% of economists are telling us? Well, Harry, the central banks in Washington, bankers and Treasury Secretary, tell you that this is not a problem. They have everything under control, and it's transitory at best. So, I mean, if you believe them, then you shouldn't even be speaking to me. But I happen to know that they have been totally wrong about everything, all of them who keep saying these things. We haven't had a good central banker in the U.S. for 20 or 30 years. There have been very few in the world. Uh, so no, do not, well, you, you can do what you want, but I do not listen to, I listen to them and hear what they say, but I certainly do not believe them. I certainly not do not think they know what they're doing. These are the same people who've gotten us into problems before. These are the same people who said a year ago, don't worry, there is no inflation, or if it is, it'll go away. Why should we listen to them? They've always been wrong. You Janice Yellen, do you, has she ever been right about anything? Now, she gets all these great government jobs. She's got Ivy League degrees, but I don't think she's ever been right about anything. None of them have. Ben Bernanke, you remember him? Oh, I, I, met, I met Mr. Bernanke a number of times. Very, He's a curious gentleman, uh, way cleverer than me, uh, but he somehow missed the housing bubble in 2006. And I remember meeting him then, and I remember being very puzzled because I said, well, it's obvious it's a housing bubble. And he looked at me like I said, it's obvious that dragons fly through the air of D.C. And, uh, and then it suggested that perhaps I, that meeting was over. I, was, I thanked him. He was kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Harry, what you don't understand is he's smarter than you. He's smarter than all of us. They're all smarter than all of us. Janet Yellen is smarter than us. They're all smarter than us, and they know they're smarter than us. And that's our problem. We think we know what we're doing, but they know they're smarter than all of us. Why Why should they listen to us? I'm, I'm sure they are, all, they are all smarter than us. I'm just not sure they're incentivized to tell us the truth. Oh, I wish. I wish it were that simple. You're saying they're just liars. Ha! I said they're fools and liars. <laughs> That's a twofer. So let's move on to the investment thesis because I'm, I'm taking notes, frankly. I'm going to record this and I'll play it back to my wife to tell her I do something useful with my days. Um, what's the investment thesis for the people who listen to the podcast? Well, the, for the first of all, the investment thesis for everybody should be, Harry, 
only invest in what you yourself know a lot about. Don't listen to people in Washington. Don't listen to people on the Internet. If you want to be successful, you should only invest in what you yourself know a lot about. And then when things go right, you will know what to do. And if things go wrong, you will know what to do. If I told you to buy X and you bought it, and if it went up, you wouldn't know what to do. Oh, you would tell everybody how smart you are. You would tell everybody you bought X and it went up. If X went down, oh, you would tell everybody Jim Rogers is a fool. He told me to buy X and I bought fool and I bought X. So no, that's what, what would happen. But no, if you want to be successful, stay with what you know. And if you don't know anything, just wait. Something will happen and you will know what to do. Now, I've been investing a long time, so I hope I have learned a little bit in that time. I know about inflation. I, it's not my first rodeo. I've seen all this before. I know what happens when you print staggering amounts of money and spend staggering amounts of money that you have to borrow. It has always led to huge inflation, and it doesn't go away soon. It doesn't go straight up every day, but it has ups and downs, and that's what's happening again now. It's going to get very, very bad before this is over, Harry. Interest rates are already, you know, the lowest they've been in world history. Not much more the central banks can do uh, to stop it. So we're all in trouble. We're going to have a bear market again. Now, Janet Yellen says, no, don't worry. We're not. We've got everything under control. We, we've learned we won't have bad times again. Well, okay, if she's right, that's fine. But I've read enough history and lived enough to know that we always have bear markets. We always have periods of bad times. They're coming again. 2008, we had a horrible bear market because of too much debt. Harry, look out the window. The debt now is staggering. It is much, much, much higher than it was in 2008, 2009. Everywhere, even China has debt now. So the next time we have a bear market, it's going to be very, very, very bad, no matter what Janet Yellen tells you. And is this bear market here and now? Has this arrived? Well, I'm not smart enough to know that. You should ask her the next big trade. But my view is that there's staggering amount of, I mean, there's a lot of pessimism around right now. And in my experience, when you get very, very high levels of pessimism, something usually happens to cause a big rally. Now, let's suppose there's peace in Ukraine. I mean, you pick it up. You pick what might happen to cause big, big rally. But when there's so much pessimism, it usually leads to a big rally. So I would expect that a big rally will come but that'll be the last rally. That'll be it. Yeah. But I plan to, on this next big blow-off rally, if it happens, because that has to be the end. It's interesting. I'm carrying a few puts. My my stance is pretty defensive. I mean, I don't generally talk about my investment because I wouldn't want to lead people astray with my mistakes. But uh, my stance is pretty defensive. Uh, I was kind of thinking it might just just fade away now, just break down right here, right now, because there's so much negative stuff going on in the world and so many problems. Basically, productive capacity uh, hasn't been invested in in the West. 
I my working hypothesis is that we've been using Chinese and Russian capacity, and there seems to me to be a political lobby that wants to divorce uh, the West from both China and Russia simultaneously. Um, of course, I as I said, I'm an idiot, and it's my only really redeeming feature is that I know I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but uh, that that's the weird impression I got, and. Uh, how mad am I this time around, Mr. Well, Rogers? first of all, you, you, I want to quickly say you might be right. We, it, we may not have the big rally that, that I mentioned before because it, there's certainly no fundamental justification for a big rally. Uh, the debt is staggering. Prices of stocks all over the world are very high. Bubbles have formed in many assets. Property, you know, shares, bond, bonds are certainly the biggest bubble they've ever had in the bond market. So you may be right. It may not be the big rally that I've been waiting for. Uh, so we may we may go straight to the bottom in the next. But it's not going to be fast. It's going to take two or three years to get there. But you are right. Yes, there are people, and it it never ceases to amaze me. The world throughout history, when we've been open and traded with each other and had lots of commerce, the world's been happy and everybody's been prosperous and there's been very few war or anything else. Now, for some reason, in Washington especially, they seem to want war. They seem to want conflict. I don't know why. You know, in the past 30 or 40 years, America and China have done wonderful things together and made a lot of money, great prosperity for both. Washington seems to want war. Um, I mean, Russia has huge natural resources. I mean, what Putin has done in Ukraine is absurd if you ask me, but <laughs> Putin didn't ask me. <laughs> I assure you he didn't ask me. So Didn't ask me either. Well, okay, so, you know, we do have these strange things happening in the world, and I don't see nobody's gaining from what's going on in in Ukraine, including Mr. Putin, but that doesn't mean it can't get worse. And if that's the case, then your hypothesis is probably right. Russia and China are going to get closer and closer together. We're making more and more enemies, we the U.S., and we're not going to prosper. So when I said I'd followed your arguments for years, I wasn't joking or blowing smoke. Um, and I, I followed, I'm perfectly well aware that you were bullish commodities, agricultural commodities, uh, benefiting from the aging of farmers, lack of water, climate change, hydrocarbons, uh, and, and, and metals. Are, are you still bullish of those? Well, I still own all of the above. I own silver. I own gold. I'm not buying either right now. Uh, if See, I have a little silver right here, just in case, um, if and when they go down some more. But don't rely on me for market timing, Harry, but if and when they go down some more, I hope I'm smart enough to buy more gold and silver because before this is over, we're going to have a huge bull move in gold and silver and precious metals because throughout history, when people lose confidence in governments and money, they always buy gold and silver. Doesn't matter if they're right or not, that's what they do. And I'm an old peasant. I'm going to buy on gold and silver, like all the peasants, and I'm going to buy more. But I'm also going to buy more agriculture somewhere along the line, not now. Agriculture's had a fabulous move in the last year or two. But I'm going to buy more of a lot of this stuff before it's over because 
when there's a lot of money printing, there it has always led to higher prices for some things. And if you own the things that go up in price, you make money. And agriculture, metals, energy, those that are going to go up. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. And how about oil? Um, is oil still a bull? Well, that's energy. Yes, I own, I own oil, natural gas. I own them all. Uh, coal, I even own coal. Yes, no, no. I, I own energy, and not buying it right now because it's had a big, strong move in the last year or so. No, I plan to buy more. the The world is running out of known reserves of of oil. Uh, fracking came along and, and sort of stopped that for a while, but, but now fracking, everybody knows you got to pay your bills. That fracking bubble has burst. So fracking is still here, but it's not a bubble anymore. So in the meantime, the world is running out of known reserves of oil and, and natural gas. What are you thinking on the BRICS? Uh, given think, everything that's happening, are you still positive bricks or is it just too dangerous? Well, I don't think it's legal for us to buy. I'm an American citizen, so I don't think I can buy Russia. I would like to buy Russia <clears throat> and Ukraine now. I have learned uh, through history and reading and experience that when you, if you get in a country that's at war or civil war, you usually make a lot of money if you have the staying power. Now, I cannot invest in Venezuela right now. I cannot invest in, in Russia or Ukraine right now. But I hope there comes a time when I can buy shares in all of those, investments in all of those places. So I think you can invest in Venezuela. I say that, uh, so I have relatives in Venezuela. I have relatives pretty much everywhere. My father, what, what can I say? He was a man who liked to travel and liked ladies. <laughs> Well, he should go. You should go to Venezuela. Oh my gosh, it's astonishing. Uh, it's very dangerous place, Mister Rogers. I got to tell you. I mean, like, as long as I keep my mouth shut, I probably won't be shot. As soon as I open my mouth, the odds of being shot are incredibly high if I'm in the wrong place. Now, I don't think. I, well, maybe we can invest in Venezuela right now. I, I don't think we can invest in bonds. Maybe shares, but I am not investing in shares because I don't want the headache. But I would love to. Right. I put some money into a real estate fund that a gentleman, a Venezuelan gentleman runs. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be arrested. But I say, I say that if you see me carted off later on during the, this conversation, you know what happened. And he tells me that you could buy a real estate on something like 6% cap rates, yields. Um, and of course, pricing is very low. People are still trying to exit. Me, I can't help but think we need a replacement for Russian oil and that Venezuela is the perfect replacement for Russian oil. In fact, in, for the US, Russian oil replaced Venezuelan oil recently. Um, uh, so that eventually, because of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, relations between the United States and Venezuela will be normalized because, you know, needs must when, when times are tough. Well, the problem is, Harry, you are rational 
and, and have brains and think for yourself. You know, in the United States, uh, Mr. Biden closed down various pipelines, which would do enormous things to, to help relieve the shortage of oil right now. He still doesn't care. He still won't open those pipelines. He won't give out licenses for people to drill for more oil and gas in the U.S. Now, I don't know if he knows that would help. You know, the price of gasoline is going through the roof. Now, I know drilling for more oil and gas would help. I know opening those pipelines would help. I guess Mr. Biden doesn't know that. You know, I, I just think the situation is trickier because of ESG concerns. Um, if you tell oil companies that, yeah, you can drill and you can invest, but in 10 years' time, uh, we're going to shut you down, they're not going to do it. Like sensible oil companies will not invest in new capacity when they're told that they're a legacy industry and they should shut down. That's why no one dug up most of the coal that was left. It was We were not meant to dig that out. It's too much carbon in the atmosphere. And now all of a sudden, because of war in the in the East, coal's back in fashion. These stocks are absolutely flying. You must have made 10 times uh, the mark to market on your coal investments. Because well, I I do have profits, but but you're exactly right. Yes, uh, I mean in Europe they closed down the nuclear power plants, and now they're begging for power, <laughs> and and they wonder why there's no power. Uh, and if they look out the window, they would see the nuclear power plants are sitting there, but not producing electricity. No, no, I I know about ESG, et cetera, but many of these things come and go, especially when you have a recession or you have hard times. Some of the things that sound good during great times, during booms, don't sound so good when you can't afford to fill your gas tank. Very true, very true. So how about China? What are you thinking there? Because you've been one of the big long-term bulls. And by the way, congratulations. Nice trade. Um, nice 25, 30-year trade. And we're meant to be buying Chinese stocks, and particularly the tech stocks now. I, they, they've got to be cheap because they've come down so much. Well, they, sorry, they've got to have lower price because the price now is way lower than the price before. What are your thoughts there? Well, I started buying Chinese shares over 30 years ago, and I haven't sold any. They're for my children. I, I, my plan is that someday my daughters are going to wake up and say, this guy must have been smart. Look at all these Chinese shares we have. We have a lot of money. Uh, it's a little bit like the U.S. If you'd sold the U.S. in 1922, you might have been smart for a while, but you were pretty foolish over the next 100 years. That's my view of China. Yes, there'll be bear markets. Yes, there'll be disasters. Yes, there'll be problems. But I am not buying China at the moment just for the reasons I told you before. I expected more turmoil in markets, but I'm certainly looking for investments in many countries in the world, except I'm not looking for countries' investments in Ukraine and Russia right now, or Venezuela. But you, you say I should be looking at Venezuela. Maybe I, maybe I should. I, I really, I'm very positive on it. But then, you know, anything I'm positive on is kind of a warning sign to any, anybody sensible. If I'm pushing it, no, no. But let me just let me let me defend you for a minute because Venezuela, at times, has been the most 
successful country in the Western Hemisphere, or the second or third most successful at times, uh, it will be again for whatever reasons. And it, it is a disaster now. And I have learned if you invest in catastrophes, usually you wind up making money down the road. So I'm def- I have not, but maybe I should look again. So I know I shouldn't be talking because I've got you here, but I want to tell you a, a couple of quick stories. My half-sister in Venezuela, she called me up, I don't know, 20 years ago, ah, 15 years ago, saying that she'd lost a bunch of money. Times are very difficult. She needed money to restart her business. Uh, she needed $2,000 to this business she had to restart it. I sent her the $2,000. About a month later, two months later, my wife said, you, I don't look at Facebook. I never look at these things. I said, this is a picture of your half-sister. She's different. Has she somehow gotten new breasts? <laughs> and she'd, she'd fooled me. I sent her the money for her business, and she bought herself a pair of brand-new breasts, So, which tells you a little bit about Venezuela, I think. It was a priority. She's very happily married now in one of the southern provinces near Brazil. So good for her. I'm sure the investment was wise. Um, and the other story is I, I was buying Russian stocks not all the way down, but when when uh, some of the gas companies turned into the, went to the same price as a suburban house in San Diego, I thought maybe that's cheap. So I bought some stock. Um, well, once again, you see, as I said, I'm an idiot, right? You can, and it turned out that I misassessed the possibility of war because you know what can I say? Um, so now I'm long of a couple of Russian stocks and. I had a look at them, and it turns out all the ones I bought. Sorry, this one particular stock, Spare Bank, that I, my, my broker contacted me and said you can have this converted into a local listing. Well, the thing was worth sixty-five cents, I believe. Um, so I said, sure. What harm can it do? And now it seems that the last purchase I made, when the thing was absolutely collapsing, is in the money. Amazing. In terms of it, not that I can transact. It's trapped somewhere in Moscow. But if I ever move to Moscow, which you know has its has its charms, it's a nice town, not not so good in the winter. Um, then apparently my spare bank stocks will be a small profit. But, Who knew? But Harry, back to what I said before. I mean, spare bank is a major, major financial institution worldwide, but certainly in Russia. And if you buy things like that during catastrophe, and you have the staying power, you usually wind up very doing very, very well. I mean, I do not own Spare Bank, and I have no opinion, but I do know it's a major, major financial world financial institution. I, I don't have an opinion either. I just thought the war wasn't going to happen. I was wrong. The war did happen, and I don't know where things are going now but it all looks absolutely catastrophic to me in the longer term. And I, I'm totally with you. When it, Last time, I have uh, not just Venezuelan relatives, but also some Jewish relatives. And the last time I talked about this, I said, what do you do when the world's a catastrophe? Well, what's the right thing to buy? And my re- Jewish relatives, who are, by the way, very smart people, uh, not all of them are alive now, but they're very smart people, and they've made a lot of money in the past. They said, well, if you're going to insist on being Polish in the Second World War, the right thing to do was to buy small farms. Big farms attracted the wrong attention. Small farms, people, you know, you can fly under the radar a little bit. The, and I'm still thinking about that now. Well, the only problem with that is you cannot transport them. I mean, if you have to flee, you cannot take a small farm across a border. Uh, I think 
You can probably take some silver across the border uh, if you have to. But there are people who I know a family that lost a fortune after the First World War because they were big plantation owners. So they said, ah, we're not going to make that mistake again. So they became small farm owners. And then the Second World War, they lost everything again because everything was taken away from them. So now this family says, we ain't doing that ever again. We're going to sew it into our into our jacket. So we're not going to buy it. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So for the American-based investor, um, who is as, as worried as me, probably not many like that. I'm very worried, but other, you know, other people are less. Some people think that nuclear war isn't such a disturbing concept. Me, me, I, I, I would prefer not to have a nuclear war. I'm sure it's bad for business. I'm sure it's bad for real estate values. <laughs> um, uh, what should we be buying? Because it's easier to be long than short. It's a real pain for retail retail investors to ever be short. What would you recommend for them? What's the long-term hold, buy and hold for those guys? Well, as I said to you before, when there's a disaster such as we may be having in the financial markets now, if you buy the disaster, transportation, entertainment, travel, uh, hotels, these things have been smashed in much of the world. And so these things usually will be great, have great rallies when the rally comes. I mean, I know we're going to, we're not going to take the boat to London. I know we're not going to take the boat to Tokyo. We're going to fly to Tokyo again. So those sorts of things are on my list, but I really prefer right now the real assets for the reasons we've said that if and when there's the rally comes, or even if we don't have a rally, these guys in the central banks are going to print a lot of money, more money, because they think that that will save their jobs. They don't care about you, Harry. They care about their jobs. So they think that will save their jobs. And so I, again, I would own real assets, commodities, hard assets, metals, agriculture, energy. Mr. Rogers, it's been a massive pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been my pleasure, Harry, and I hope we do it again sometime. Only next time, let's do it from Venezuela. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, that's a wrap on the next big trade. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, head over to realvision.com for financial insight you won't find anywhere else. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lipsandads.com now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com